0: Okay. Man. Okay, maybe we can, uh, before we get started, uh, I'll go ahead and just give a little review of uh, the, the points that we had covered already. So we have, uh, I think, human, he spoke to us, and uh, in, in the chapter he covered two main things there's the revelation and the experience of the spirit and the body. Um, so, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. So I really uh, enjoy that that portion of the book because it's not only a revelation that we need to see what and who the Spirit is, but also is that we need to enter into the experience of the Spirit and of the body of Christ. And we have to uh, also keep in mind the title, which is uh, Preaching the Gospel in the College uh, Campuses. So you, man, gave us a really... uh, Good vision of what the body was, and also that we need to preach the gospel uh, in the body and for the body. I was really impressed by that. What does that mean? Well, when the Lord, uh, he, he, he became a man, right, he incarnated, lived 33 and a half years, died on the cross for our sins, and then he ascended, was enthroned, and eventually he became the life-giving spirit, okay? And as the spirit when he was poured out, what was produced was the body of Christ. So since the body of Christ, the Christ was produced and the body of Christ is all of us when we receive the Lord Jesus into us, we all become members of the body of Christ. So now that we're members of the body of Christ, we need to learn to coordinate with one another and touch the spirit with one another and coordinate to do what? To preach the gospel, right? We could preach the gospel as individuals, but it is uh, a blessing to do it with the other members of the body of Christ. And then Brother Jose Luis took us to the next chapter, which was also... He did an amazing job. Um, he spoke to us of prayer and how important prayer is when we speak the word of God. So when we speak the gospel, we don't speak what, uh, what just what we want. What we want to speak is the word of God. But we need to pray. A brother once said that um, prayer does all the work for us. And when we go out, to preach the gospel, that's actually reaping what we have prayed for. So it's very important, like Brother Jose Luis mentioned, that we need to pray. We need to pray before, uh, of course, we go on the gospel and before we do anything else uh, in the work of the Lord. Okay, so that was that message. So we'll move move on to this next message. Uh, Maybe we can all read the title together. Go ahead. Okay, and the subject, go ahead and read it together, please. The publication of the resurrected Christ in his ascension by the Spirit, through the disciples, for the producing of the churches, the kingdom of God. Amen. Okay, so this is a full subject of the book of Acts. Uh, so before we get started, I want to read a quote from the book that we are covering. It says, When I was young... I read a book by Dr. R.A. Torrey entitled, How to Bring Men to Christ. In the book, Dr. Torrey gave verses to meet the needs of different types of people. Eventually, we found that this list of verses was inadequate to meet all the needs of the people we contacted in our gospel preaching. So we need more verses. Sometimes we need an understanding of chapters and even of the whole books of the Bible for our preaching to be effective. The preaching of many Christians may not be prevailing because they have a poor understanding of the word. I hope that many of you will pray and gain the full knowledge of the truth to speak the word of God. So with that said, uh, I just want to give you, uh, if we can start, uh, I just want to give you a a small review of the sequential uh, panoramic view of the New Testament books. And the reason is so we can see where the book of Acts uh, falls in place. And I'm going to do it just in like two minutes, so it's going to be really quick. Okay, so first you have the first four books of the New Testament, right, which are the Gospels. And these the Gospels speak about the person and the work of Christ. And uh, I also give you different views of who Christ is. And then... Most of the Gospels, they end with the death and the resurrection of Christ. So if you see the following book is the book of Acts. And it's there in that order for a specific reason. And that is, the book of Acts uh, is when the Lord has died and resurrected and is now in the believers. And he is working through his believers. That's why if you see, uh, if you look at here the subject, it says the propagation of who? The resurrected Christ. So Christ is resurrected, and now he's in his ascension, but as a spirit, he's also in the disciples. And he, what is he doing? He's producing the churches. Okay, so that's where the book of Acts falls in. And then if you continue from Romans to Jude, you have uh, the rest of the writings, the epistles. And these are how to experience Christ uh, in our daily life and how to get to know this life that's in us. And eventually you have revelation, which is uh, more on the prophecy. So going back, I have a question for y'all. Um, if we want to experience or uh, if we want to study the matter of, let's say, uh, preaching the gospel, what sector will we, will we go to in this pipeline I just mentioned? How about, a, how about a freshman? Would we go, where would we go? To the Gospels, Acts, to the Epistles, or the Book of Revelation? Anyone? Okay, a sophomore. <laughs> what was that? Acts, yeah. Why would we go to Acts? Who answered? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. So if we wanted to see how the church, again, first started, we would go to the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. So I want you to see the importance of where the book is placed in the sequence of the whole New Testament. That way, when we speak of the homes, you really have a, a, a good idea of where this falls in in the New Testament. Okay. So let's move on. Uh, okay, so now that we have seen the place of the book of Acts, this gives us a good understanding and a good background of what was happening at the time. And what was happening was that the Lord had resurrected, and now he had, uh, he's inside the disciples, and he was with them off and on in his uh, visible uh, presence, and invisible presence for 40 days and then before the Lord departed he instructed the disciples and he said uh, wait in Jerusalem until, until they receive the outpouring of the Spirit so they were there in Jerusalem um, and these disciples were praying so if you add those 40 days and then you know they pray for 10 days what happened after that was, was what we know is Pentecost, right? Which is the 50th day. That's what Pentecost uh, stands for. So what happened, what they were doing, the disciples, they were praying for two things mainly. And that was the gospel, preaching the gospel, and the outpouring of the Spirit. So the result of all this prayer, it was uh, that the Lord eventually came and poured his Spirit out. Amen. Um, and in the first, the first, the first day, you know how many people were saved? Does anyone know? 120. Well, 120 were the ones praying. But when Pentecost came, does anyone know how many were saved? Three thousand. That's right, Jasmine. Good job. And a few days later, maybe on this side of the room. How many were saved? A lot? That's right, it was a lot. So 3,000 here, Carl. Okay, so it was 5,000. You put that together, that's 8,000. What does that remind you of? Yes, who said that? Okay, both of y'all. So it reminds you of the freshmen, right? We get 8,000 freshmen every summer. Have y'all been hanging out with Jose Luis? Yeah. (laughs) So we get 8,000 freshmen every summer. And what happened? They were all saved. They were all saved. Do y'all believe that all 8,000 freshmen could get saved? I do. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. But we have to pray, right? So I really hope that all of you that are in the internship, we learn, you know, we can learn all together on how to pray. And to pray that the Lord would give us a, a good harvest this summer. So praise the Lord. Okay. And then, uh, when all these were saved, uh, and these uh, ones were f- full of the Spirit in the day of Pentecost, so anything that these people would do or did was of the Lord. Why? Because they were full of the Spirit. So you have 8,000 people. And they're not all meeting in the temple. So where do they go? Where do they go meet? Where do they go learn from one another? Where do they go learn what salvation is? Where do they go learn what just happened to them? Where else would they go? But their homes. So by this, we can say that the homes and meeting in the homes in the beginning of the New Testament was something invented by the Holy Spirit. So with that we can move to point number one. Uh, let's have the brothers read it uh, with the verse in there also. Go ahead, brothers. The Holy Spirit is meeting in the Lord and Son. Amen. So it filled what? The whole house. The whole house. Isn't, that, isn't that interesting? So it filled the house. And that was uh, when the, the Jews were baptized. And who knows when the Gentiles were baptized. What chapter is that in Acts? Anyone? Carl? Sam? 10. That's right. Chapter 10. And guess where they were? In the, in the house of Cornelius. Isn't that very interesting? That God, ahead when He decided to pour out His Spirit to unite the Jews and the Gentiles into the body of Christ, He did it in two separate homes, which shows that God's intention uh, at this point of time was to get the believers to start meeting in the homes. So the homes are something very important and dear to God's heart. So let me read another verse to you. Okay, so Deuteronomy twelve seven says, There you shall eat before Jehovah your God, and you and your households shall rejoice in all your undertakings, in which Jehovah your God has blessed you, you and your household receive the blessing of God and rejoice therein. Another one, Deuteronomy 14, 26 says, you shall exchange the money for anything that your soul desires, oxen, sheep, wine, for strong drink, and for anything that your soul will like. And you and your household shall eat there before Jehovah your God and rejoice. So there you have two instances in the Old Testament showing what... God had desire. Even in the Old Testament, you had two homes there, and the Lord wanted the believers just to be there at the time and join in his presence in the homes. So now coming back to the New Testament, we see that this is where he poured out his spirit, So, which clearly shows that the Lord desires that all of us in the New Testament would not meet so much in the big temple gatherings. I mean, this, this gathering is great. But you know, y'all are shy when I ask a question. But in the home, you know, it's a mutual fellowship. You know, we can enjoy the Lord with one another, right? We can ask questions. Yeah. In the home, I'm I'm not so afraid to ask a question. Carl, help me out. You know, sometimes we're in the same home meeting together with Divin and Harrison. I don't know if he's here, but it's mutual, right? Mutual learning. So it's a really sweet atmosphere. This is what the Lord desires. Uh, So let's go ahead and go to the second point. Sisters, let's go ahead and read it and read the verses with it. Ready, go. So this, again, these verses just clearly show that they met in two different places. One was in the temple, but it was also in the homes. And the key word here is day by day and from house to house. So when you read the Greek there, uh, the Greek gives you this sense that they weren't picky in whose house they chose. It was day by day and house to house what house to house is in the greek it shows that it was everyone's home it didn't matter if you're a strong believer if you're a weak believer the home needed to be open and praise the lord that it was day by day and house to house and this means that they included every house isn't that awesome that all of us could open our home And this uh, summer, you're going to have a great opportunity when you're in the internship to participate. uh, And we're going to see later that opening your home is actually the establishing of God's kingdom on the earth. You may think that opening your home is something that's, you know, that's not a big deal. Or to bring a freshman that you meet that's saved or unsaved into another believer's home, you may think that's not a big deal. But it actually is a huge deal. And we're going to see here uh, in the next points why and, and, and why is it a big deal, okay? So you can actually participate by opening your home and taking someone in, establishing the kingdom of God today. So the, uh, the brother, the writer of the book, he's exhorting us. And he's saying, brothers and sisters, all of you have a home. So we can all open our home or we can all take someone to get help in a home. And this is the way, again, the Holy Spirit has given us in the New Testament. So let's read number three, brothers. And the verse. The verse two. So you see here that the Apostle Paul, at the end of Acts, uh, was also, he had a rented dwelling, it says. And what was he doing there? If you pay attention to the verse, the key is there, proclaiming the kingdom of God. There it is, in his home. And he was renting that dwelling. Uh, he was a single brother, so he was there by himself, and he would have believe, or people over and speak concerning the kingdom of God, teaching the things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness unhindered. So another key uh, phrase is there is boldness and unhindered, which this is what you can do in your home. Right? Or when you take a freshman, it's hard when we go on the gospel here at uh, UT, uh, it's hard to be unhindered. Right? Because we're in someone else's property, the UT property. Yeah. But when you take someone into someone else's home, you're on your ground. So you can share what's on your heart. You can really share what's on your heart. And this is what Paul was doing. He was doing it with boldness and unhindered. Okay, so let's go to point four, brothers. Ready, go. Point A, uh, brothers. Sisters on B and brothers on C. Ready to go. The beginning of the spread of the Gospels to Europe. The, were the church in Rome, the church in Ephesus, the church in Laodicea, the church in Colossus. Okay, so here we already covered point A, but point B here, that's when the Lord spread to Europe. Uh, he they saved Lydia who, she was a seller of purple dye. And actually when the, the brothers went and spoke to her, the verse says, I was really impressed, this is that the Lord opened her mind to receive the gospel. And eventually the first thing she did after the Lord stepped in to open her mind was, she opened her home right away. She was like, she brought them in, and then the, the Lord's move started in her house. The Lord wanted to move to Europe. And the Lord didn't save a brother. He saved a sister. And he moved to Europe and went in her house. And that's how the Lord's move to Europe started. Also, on you, uh, your own time, if you read those verses in point C, they're pretty amazing. You just see there that the Lord uh, had established all these churches in people's homes. I was really impressed by that. You would think the Lord would go and, you know, buy a big temple or something, you know, just to fill it with people. But no, when he established the churches in these places, he went into, the, in, into homes. Isn't that interesting? That means and shows that the Lord's move among the New Testament believers, and I hope you're seeing it right now, right? That the Lord's move is in the homes, so it's a huge deal that we would open our home. Okay, let's have the sisters on five. Ready, go. Go ahead. A. Salvation comes to your house. Okay, it's salvation. Oh, sorry. Amen. Amen. Okay. So salvation comes also to your house. Did you know that when you open your home? Not only, not only you you bring others to be saved, but salvation comes to your house Amen. if you if you open your homes for many years. My parents have been opening their home for more than probably 30 years since I was since I was born. They've had home meetings at our house, high school meetings, prayer meetings, and it just never fails. You know, the day of the meeting, what happens? We're all like. Getting ready and endeavoring to be in our spirit and touching the Lord, you know. Of course, we do that in our daily life too, but it saves you when the saints come to your house. You know, you have to, uh, you know, when you see them at the door, I'm just sometimes like, if I'm not in my spirit, I start repenting. You know, I look to, through the hole and they say, it's like how old brother Tim. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, wash me, you know. <laughs> I'm about to touch a saint. So I need to be cleansed. I need to be sanctified. I need to be purified. We cannot touch the saints in a light way. Right? So we need to... That's why salvation comes to our house when we open our home. Okay? It proves... Okay, B says it proves a way... It provides a way for God to move. What happened in Acts 12.12 was that they were praying for Peter and Peter was in jail. And... What happened through the prayer, the Lord visited people, uh, uh, Peter and released them from the jail. So when we open our home to have prayer meetings, when we come together to pray in our home, actually we give the way for the Lord to move. To move here on the campus, to move also in the labor that we're doing on the campus, and also to move even on the earth today. Okay, so last but not least is... a. Uh, Point C, God's kingdom is established and Satan gets defeated. So I really enjoy this point. Um, and the reason why is because if you, if you go follow all these verses 1, 5, 7, uh, 11, and 18, and you have to see, you have to follow the whole chapter to eventually see verse 18, which is uh, the focus of these verses. So if you follow these verses, what you'll see is that in verse 1, you have the Lord who, or they chose, I think it was uh, 70 to go out. Right. And, they, and they put them two by two okay. to go preach the gospel. What does that verse 5 say, uh, Carl? And into whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. Amen. Okay, 7. And in that house remain, eating and drinking the things from them. For the worker is worthy of his wages. Do not move from house to house. See, this is the Lord's move. What happens? He sends them out. And then he says, go where? To the home. He says, do what? Eat and drink. drink. That's what we do in the homes. You know, we feast together. We saw it in Deuteronomy. That's what the Lord wanted to do. That's what he wanted his believers to do. And if you look at the New Testament, he's asking us to do the same thing. That is just to be with one another. And enjoy, eat, and drink together. Amen. Rejoice before his face. Okay. So verse 11. Even the dust from your city, which yes. clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Okay. Yet know yeah. this, that the kingdom of God has drawn near. Okay. So here in this verse, you see the negative side when someone re- rejects you. and says wipe the dust. But the point is uh, on the second part of the verse, which has, which he says... But know this, if you reject us, know this, that the kingdom of God has drawn near. So there you see that if you reject, these ones that rejected the believers from coming into their home, they were actually rejecting the kingdom of God. So it's very crucial that we open our homes and bring the brothers and the sisters in there. Why? Because the kingdom of God comes. Okay, now let's read the last verse now. Before Carl reads this verse... I want you to picture all the verses we just read, okay? And the context of the whole chapter. Okay. Go ahead, Carl. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall like lightning out of heaven. Wow. I think, I don't know, I think that's the only verse in the Bible that that says that, right? That Satan was falling from heaven like lightning. I always liked that verse. But what context is, is, is that verse in? Is in the context of going two by two, the Lord sending them out with, her, with His authority, into the homes to rejoice together and being there enjoying one another's presence, enjoying one another's food. That's what it said, right? And, and what happens? You know, we may think, that's why I said earlier in the beginning that opening your home is not a big deal. But if you follow these verses, you'll see there's a huge deal to open your home. And it's a huge deal to take a new one, a freshman, into the home of the brothers and sisters. What happens, in our eyes, we're just eating together. We're being saved from this crooked age. We're enjoying food. We're enjoying one another's presence. And we're exulting and rejoicing, right, for what the Lord has done in us and with us. But what the Lord sees, he sees Satan like lightning falling from heaven to the earth. So it's a huge deal that we open our homes. Is a huge deal that all of you who are doing the internship this summer uh, will really get involved in the homes of the older believers and bring these little ones that we are actually rescuing, right? That's what we're doing. We're, we're in God's kingdom, and we're fighting for God's kingdom. So we're rescuing these little ones, bringing them up, and fighting for God's interest in a very simple way, by prayer, speaking the word, going on the gospel and getting these ones and bringing them into the, the homes of the saints. So praise the Lord that uh, I really hope y'all really saw something concerning the homes and it's not a small thing uh, that we would open our home. So I think that's all I have. Uh, I don't know have announcements or...